ladies and gentlemen, you've all listened to a podcast before, right? Are we ready to go? Are we ready to go? Are you ready to go? Call me Ransom, it's my middle name. CSI KFC? This is where the fun begins. Dun, 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 dun. I was trying to do that like final sting from the Warner Brothers. You know how they do the. Dun, dun. Isn't it like the. Dun, 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 dun. Is it like. No, that's. Hang on, that's a TV thing. Um, <laughs> I, remember, I remember in Barbie, the, it was like. The water dun, tower. Dun, dun, dun. The, it's a water tower. Shh, like, you know that water tower that's yeah, in well, there? That's the pan? Yeah. <laughs> Ryan Gosling climbed it. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Hello everyone, welcome back to the Bromax Podcast. My name is Joel. I'm Jesse. And in case you haven't figured it out yet, today we are going to be doing our top 10 Warner Brothers films. Let's How you go. feeling, Jesse? Feeling good. Uh, made some adjustments to the list. I just took it all the DC films, basically. <laughs> okay. And then I did one, other than that, one per franchise. Okay. Yep. No, we're good. We're yep. good. I pretty much adhered to those rules as well, except... I changed a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to make sure that I did have a DC film in there, but a DC film that represents a couple of them that are in a similar vein. And you, oh, when I get around to it, you'll know right. what I'm talking That's about. That's fair. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, well, coming off the back of Joel's worst list of all time. Oh, come on. It wasn't um, that bad. It was The fun. only way to go is up. So I'm looking forward to this. Uh, without further ado, why don't you kick us off? Let me kick it off, shall we? All right. So my number 10 is a film directed by Richard Donner, who's also directed films like Lethal Weapon and Superman, the first one, 1978. Um, I'm talking about The Goonies. This is a classic in my family. You like The Goonies, yeah? I really like The Goonies. It's good. Um, good. We have a lot of memories attached to this one. Yes. So we've got young Josh Brolin, Sean Astin, Astin, Jeff Cohen, Corey Feldman, Kerry Green, Kihoi Kwan as Data. That's right. Um... Joe Pantoliano, Pantoliano, and anyone else there that we may know? Probably not because they're all a little bit on the older side, but that's okay. <laughs> um, but this film's a big classic in our family. It was part of a DVD that my mum inherited. Well, not my poppy's still alive, but my poppy gave to her, um, which was kind of like leaving home. And it had The okay. Wizard of Oz 1939, The Goonies, and one other one that I don't want to watch because... It just doesn't look good. But it's like meant to be a classics of Hollywood type thing. And I was like, nice. oh, okay, you know, what have you, what's this? Um, but I had a really fun time with this film. It's just under two hours. It's kind of a, to me, it defines like that children's adventure when you're hanging out with your friends and it's kind of like, let's go on an adventure. And basically it's about Mikey Walsh, who is Sean Astor's character and he finds an old treasure map in his father's attic and it has the little treasure. like score going along with it. Um, and their homes uh, risk of being developed into a new area. So they're like, okay, we need to get some money to like, you know, and, and protest and we just get get some money and a fortune, you know. Um, and they're like, Mike, 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 it says here, Mikey and his friends and they all have the coolest names. Not as cool as they clone Tyrone, getting up there. Right. We've got Data Wang. We got Chuck, sorry, Chunk, and Mouth. Mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what name is Mouth? So to find mouth. the secret stash of treasure from One-Eyed Willie. <laughs> All right. Um, I, think I, really, too, I think I watched it too young. You watched it too young? Yeah. Maybe, because there are some adult themes in there. Um, and it's just a, it's a fun... Some adult theme. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, there is a bit of romance in there. Oh, yeah. yeah, between Josh Brolin's character. He's kind of the cool guy. Oh, he's yeah. the older brother who gets embroiled in the mystery. Um, and it's a fun adventure. We might actually watch that on Thursday. It's fun to watch with a group, oh, yeah. with your friends. You just kind of celebrate the, right. the, the, the group of people together. And, and that's what it's about. It's about these friends. You know, they don't even know if the treasure's real. They're just going on this adventure, but they it's get a, sucked into this. It's kind about of, the boys. It's about the boys. The boys. The boys and the nice. girlfriend of Josh Brolin. Oh, yeah. And there's a couple other girls in there that join along the way as well. Oh, okay. So, yeah. My number 10 is The Goonies. Great nice. film. My number 10 is a film that is very special to the Bromwich podcast. As Polar Express. The, oh, shut up. <laughs> it is the actual film where this amazing quote Bitch, comes from. Great ass. Ah, and you yeah. Oh, oh the way talking about Michael Mann's Heat, oh. starring Robert De Niro, 
Al Pacino, Val Kilmer, uh, a young Natalie Portman. Really? Yeah. Uh, John Voight, Tom Slazmore, Diane Verona, uh, Ted Levine, a couple of the cats. So, yeah, here's what it's about. Um, Robert De Niro plays Neil McCauley, who was a thief. Al Pacino plays a cop. His name is Lieutenant Vincent Hanna. <laughs> and the whole film is just, he's got a... Al Pacino trying to catch up with De Niro and bust him and he's and he's and he's because he's a criminal oh what <laughs> yeah and it's like a cat and mouse and the only they have two scenes together one is in the very middle and it's one of the greatest film scenes of all time they're just sitting in a diner is it just, linear? like it's yeah it's, yeah it's, but okay. they just need both perspectives okay and there's like one of the great scene just phenomenal acting and Robert De Niro makes a throw against him or something and Al Pacino's like if you ever think are you going to turn my wife into a widow? Well, <laughs> brother, you are going down. <laughs> Robert De Niro doesn't know. It's like... <laughs> that that so chin good. of Robert so, De Niro, oh, chills, he, he acts with it every time. And the last thing together is like where they finally they meet, uh, they meet each other at the climax of the film at the end. But it's so happy. There's an excellent shootout in Illustrate. Street. The Falcon, like bullets everywhere. It's crazy. And it's quite graphic Ex- violent, isn't it? Uh, Not too bad. It's MA, so it's like not it's not overkill, but it's like it's violent. Okay, and it's early two thousands, late nineties. Okay, yeah, okay. great lines. Um, yeah, it's a phenomenal acting. Mark, I look, big fan of Mark and Man. This in Collateral, and Ferrari actually, they're all great. He's a great director. Okay. I didn't need to watch Thief with Jimmy Khan. That's apparently great as well. But yeah, big fan of Heat. It's just it just rips, man. It's just it's just so good. Heat is one of those ones. You know when your dad has a recommendation, he's like, I watched it with my grandma. This. Really? Yeah, we loved it. How is so your your grandma kind of likes those? Yeah, type films she loves well? Tenere. Oh, that's that's so yeah. good. Yeah, it's awesome. Hate that, that quote, Jesse. It's, as soon as I see it, that quote's gonna you know hit even. He says that too. Hank Azaria is in this film. Oh, really? And that's who he says. Al Pacino says that too. Hank Azaria. <laughs> yeah. He's just badass, Al Pacino. Yeah. Honestly, my number nine is a film I don't think you've seen. It's a sci-fi adventure film Probably that not celebrates. Though. Nostalgia. I'm talking about Ready Player One. No. Directed by Steven Spielberg, which I actually think this is one of Spielberg's best films. That's crazy. Yeah, I know. I had it to Basically, in in three points, it it's about it's it's set. Why do three points? It keeps me on the mark. Otherwise, I just waffle on, and then I you know don't know what I'm saying, and my words get lost. So the three points keep me to to what I want to say. But um, this film is set in a dystopian future, 2045, I'm pretty sure. The world's gone to absolute shit and people live in stacked houses. Like oh. It's like stacked caravans that they kind of had to live in because um, I think it's in Seattle that they, they live in this part of the world. Quick sidebar. Yeah. Did you see Daniel Kaluuya's directorial film, The Kitchen? No, I haven't. Because that's like exactly what you said. That's how it opens. Ah. It's similar. So if you like that, you might yeah, like this. definitely. Yeah. Um, and these people become immersed in basically what is now Apple Vision Pro, but in this film <laughs> is a virtual reality world called the Oasis, a.k.a. Allah, a bit like the Matrix, escapism. And the creator of Oasis dies, and he tasks anyone who plays or is switched on to this to find an Easter egg. And they're like, what the hell does that mean? The winner of this quest gains control of the Oasis and inherits the immense fortune of this CEO creator as well. So Wade, played by Ty Sheridan. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. He's done... No, it doesn't <laughs> <laughs> He's done a couple of X-Men, um, The Tree of Life as well, and The Card, ca- the card Counter, um, and Deadpool 2. Um, yeah, he's... Um... No, no yeah. <laughs> um, Olivia Cook, Ben Mendelsohn. Oh, I love Olivia Cook. TJ Miller, Simon Pegg, Mark Rylance... Is it Rylance? Last time you gave me shit for how I said it. Mark Rylance? Rylance. Rylance. How did you say it last time? Rylance. No, that's right. <laughs> Simon Pegg's in there. Yeah, Simon cool. Pegg. Um, Hannah John Carmen as well. Um, Letitia Wright. McKenna oh. Grace. They have small roles. It's got but a cast. Yeah, it's got a cast. And Who wants to work with director. the S-Dog? <laughs> um, basically, the best part of this film is it's a quest. There's a big Mario Kart kind of sequence, but it's all Warner Brothers nostalgia. King Kong, Godzilla... Um, you've also got... Oh, so it's like Space Jam 2. A bit like Space Jam 2, but actually good. This is not so, good, okay. <laughs> um, 
not only games and movies but music as well but it's all part of the plot and in fact taking it out of context they even travel to the overlook hotel and have to right. fill out a bunch of side quests overlook and stuff. Hotel. yeah from so, the shining oh. yeah but so it's very it embodies warner Bros. absolutely yeah and from a visual way as well they pretty much recreated that set so there's his friends h artemis and dado and they got to solve puzzles and challenges artemis. And, um, <laughs> they're questioning the blurred lines between what is reality and what you want to be reality so i think it's really good especially okay. with us we live in the digital Look, i'll age. give it a shot but i haven't heard great things okay that's right you'll either love it or not love it at all but i feel like you being a man of like you like games music you might get swept up in the, the i'm a pop culture fiend you're a pop culture you are, you are. <laughs> so that's my number nine all right my number eight is a film by mr david fincher starring three guys from marvel it is zodiac oh <laughs> i was gonna say how dare you put a david fincher film on but i'll realize that i haven't seen this one zodiac. yet so sell me on it jesse jakey jakey g marky ruff <laughs> rdj <laughs> Um, also starring Anthony Edwards, you know, Goose from Top Gun. Yep. Chloe Savinji, Elias Coteas, John Carroll Lynch, Brian Cox, Dermot Maloney. It is about um, LA, no, New York Times cartoonist, um, uh, what's his name, Robert Graysmith, and how he gets involved in the investigation of the Zodiac killer, serial killer who terrified the San Francisco Bay Area, taunting police with his ciphers and letters. And about these three different men, Jill and Hall, Ruffalo and Dana Jr. in their various professions, how they go about catching him. And it's a true story, I believe. And it starts awesome. You see these like kills happen with this Zodiac killer. You don't see their face, obviously, but they're like, damn, brutal. Going to set up the characters. And then second act takes a bit of a turn with just Mark Ruffalo and it's a bit weaker. But then... The last 45, 50 minutes, Jake Gyllenhaal brings it home like very few actors. Like his dissension into madness of he will not rest until he solves this is insane. Ooh, love it. He is truly, say what you want about Jake Gyllenhaal, truly, sorry Swifties, truly one of the greatest actors of the 2000s. Separate of, the of, art of the, of the millennium. from the artist. Always got to do it. I'm really looking forward to Roadhouse. He's going to carve that up. He's so brilliant. RDJ is great. Mark Ruffalo is great. Just masterclass of acting and writing. Very fast paced. There's like two weeks later, two hours later, 12 a.m. So you, you got to like pay attention. Yeah. But super gripping and the ending will leave you guessing. I've heard it, it, it almost unfolds like like a, a puzzle. It, it, it's very much yeah, driven by like bit. the it's narrative. It's very Fincher. Kind of it's probably my, where is it on my Fincher ranking? Fourth. Fourth favorite Fincher? Yep. Okay. So Doing just above good. Gone Girl. Yeah, so. it, almost in that top third of his filmography. Well, yeah, because it's my fourth. Well, yes, I was just saying, cause for people who don't know Fincher, he has 12 films, so I'm just doing that. I haven't seen all of them. I've seen eight. Okay. I'm okay. trying to watch all of them, but it's getting yeah, it's hard to track, track them down. So, yeah, number nine, Zodiac. <laughs> good, good call, Jesse. I really want to watch this one because it's got great actors in it, like you said. RDJ, Jake Gyllenhaal, legendary. It's just where we can find the film, but that is a mystery for another mm. day. My number eight. Now... Jesse, this when one say now, Jesse, I'm is representative of the franchise. This is the one I was telling you about just before we started. So, what number is this? Eight. This is my number eight. What's number nine? Sorry. Ready Player One. What's number ten? Get the Goonies. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Okay. Now, for some reason, Letterboxd has decided when I clicked Warner Brothers, I went on some Warner Brothers list I googled and then linked yeah. me to Letterboxd. I put, I logged in and I put rank in order from highest of my films. It decided that Prisoner of Azkaban is the best one out of the ones I've watched, even though it's my third or fourth favourite. Yeah, because it's in, ranks in popularity. No, but I did my score. Or is that in popularity? Yeah, but do you have uh, multiple the same score? Maybe I've upped it. Because I've watched it like three times. Well, do you have other films? Okay, so do you have other films that are the same score as Prisoner of Azkaban? In Harry Potter? Yeah. Four highest. stars, yes. Do you have any four and a half? No. Well, then, because Prison of Azkaban is the most, popu- most popular Harry Potter film on Letterboxd. Ah, that goes first. That makes Are you sense. serious? I mean, I'm going to put just, it on. It doesn't just guess what your ranking is. How, <laughs> how could it possibly know your <laughs> subjective opinion? No, I used it as inspiration, and then I thought, okay, we're going to do it. But I thought, I'm actually going to put Prison of Azkaban on this list. That's number eight. As a representative, because I think it's a very good Harry Potter film. It's my number seven. Ooh. It's the one I put on as well, because I rewatched it. 
and I gave it four and a half stars. I couldn't. I wow, it was good. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't fully notice how good the cinematography and the direction was, and like just production design, little quirks, like scenes of just the boys hanging out playing the game, where they like yeah. make animal noises, or how they're wearing the uniform, like differently to each character. How like magic quirks in the background. I think coming off the first two. How many one sh- two, long shots there are? Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Especially when they do the time travel. But even before then, hey, there's some yeah. in there. It's not my second favorite. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, good on you, Jesse. I'm yeah. glad you've come around on it. Um, I think this film represents a start. It's very different to the first two. But it represents a start with that darker tone and intrigue of the overarching narrative, which is kind of why I've been happy to put it in this list. Mm. Um it introduces the important characters that we need, like Professor Lupin. We get more from Snape and obviously introduced to the concept of Dementors as well. And then I think the trio, apart from maybe Deathly Hallows, but I think they're at their best here, Yeah. the trio. I think they're really, anyway. you know. Um, and watching this with my, my brother, he and I did a rewatch just towards the end of last year. He said that this is his favourite one as yeah, well. Yeah, it's he, a lot of people's favourite. And really... I used to slander people for, hate, for liking this. Yes, put some apology music on Yeah, what's the apology <laughs> music? Um, <laughs> what have you got? What, what soundtracks? This is me having a realisation. <laughs> <laughs> what was that sound? I love it. <laughs> oh. Prison Rasmussen is good. <laughs> Yay! Hooray! Oh, I'm so glad you've come around on yeah, it, Yeah, it's a truly an excellent film. Oh, that's so I love good. it, yeah. Do you like the time travel stuff, how that all yeah. works yeah, and good. it unfolds? And yeah. I think it's one of the time travel movies where the, it makes sense logistically and it's very hard to poke holes in it because mm. it kind of is in a full loop and it... Bro, my favorite part is Hermione actually like wigging Malfoy straight in the face. Boom. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, that's gold. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Emma, Emma Watson is just such a great force. I think she really hit him. You reckon? Yeah, because Tom felt like, you can, like, hit me. And then was like, okay. And then she went and was like, oh, not that hard. And then he was probably regretting it after that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so this was the the one that I really wanted to praise Warner Brothers for because for sure. it's the start of what became the overarching narrative. And mm. like my brother said, he likes this one the most because it has the filmmaking of the later ones, but it's also a great rewatchable one. You don't have to jump in the middle of, like, Half-Blood yes. Prince and be like, oh, what's going on with Voldemort or... Deathly Hallows. It's like you can just rewatch it. It's like so rewatchable. So yeah, yeah, yeah. my number eight is Prisoner of Azkaban, Harry awesome, Potter. Man. That's my number seven. My number eight for the time being is a film by Mr. Martin Scorsese. It might what? be on my list. I don't know. Oh, you haven't seen it. <laughs> okay, never mind. <laughs> I got excited then. It's the. It is called After the Hours. After Hours. Starring Griffin Dunn, Rosanna Arquette, and both the parents from Home Alone. Oh. John Hurd and Catherine O'Hara in different roles. Okay. Here's what it's about. So Griffin Dunn plays an ordinary word processor. He goes out and he agrees to visit a girl in Soho on a date who he met that evening in a coffee shop. Yeah. And the next 90 minutes is him having the worst night of his life. Just everything goes wrong. It's crazy. And then things happen. He meets people. He gets in the worst luck, most situations. And you're just like... You're half like, oh, I feel so bad for him, and half like just wanting to see what happens. Next. Is it a comedy? Or it's is like it... it's like a tragic comedy. Okay. It's like a black comedy, like Gil's really laughing at him. Okay. But there's great music playing, and it's very like picturesque in the city of Soho. It's just like capturing the nightlife so well. Um, just a very, it's just one of those just movies I like, like wandering around trying to find a purpose oh. in the beautiful night city. Yeah, I love city movies, you know. Yes, I think because cities are so big, these movies that, that hone in on really brings the small things and amplifies them, and so you're like, wow, like there's so much stuff going on in this big city that hardly you even think about. Yeah, it's kind of like, do you do you watch Good Time? I haven't seen Good, Good Time. Good Time got a lot of inspiration for this. Just having having a bad night, but it's very entertaining, and uh-huh. then he gets back to work the next day and goes on with his life. Oh. <laughs> It's really cool. A really cool film. It's probably top five Scorsese for me. Question, where did you watch it? Because it is on my Scorsese um, list, but I've been I watched it. struggling to I track it down. I can't remember. Oh, <laughs> that is okay. Sorry. That's okay, Jesse. I oh, probably f- rented it with money. Okay. Oh. If I had to guess. Renting it? No, that's right. I probably rented it with money I paid for. Okay. That's probably my guess. Okay, that's yeah. all right. We'll, we'll take that as an answer. Well, yeah. speaking of City Wandering, my number seven is a Stanley Kubrick film, Eyes Wide Shut. Low! low. <laughs> Sorry. A little, not like a little low. Okay. This film, you introduced me to this. We watched Boom. this. At- <laughs> Brother Piano chills. Boom. 
Chills. I had to walk home from... I, I parked, walked down the driveway into my house after we walked out, Jesse, and it was all black. I thought, oh, gosh, this is a bit like... <laughs> Um, thank you for bringing me along and, and getting the gang together. We watched yeah, this right. at our Ritz Randwick local day course cinema. It's not local, but it's freaking dripped. It's awesome. 35 mil, bitch. Hell yeah. Um, so this film stars Tom Cruise. Tom and Cruise. Nicole Kidman <laughs> as a married couple. Haha, <laughs> because they used to be married. Remember when that happened, guys? They were married. They were married. I'm pretty sure they broke up because of this film. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, yeah there, there, there was a lot of those angry scenes. They seemed really genuine. Um, <laughs> but basically it follows Dr. Bill Hartford, who his wife admits to having a sexual fantasy about some sailor. The ca- captain. Captain. Mm. Mm. Oh, yeah, Captain. Mm. <laughs> um, so he's like, well, I want to have a sexual encounter. Like, yeah. I'm a man. I like, sex. I should be able to do this too if my yeah. wife can do it, you know. Um, yeah. So he becomes increasingly entangled in this mysterious world at night time. You know, he goes on this journey and... Christmas movie as well. It is a Christmas movie. It is a Christmas Four movie. Years. Absolutely great. Um, Kubrick's puts a really good focus on the atmosphere of New York City. Mm. And he's, he's around at night and it's almost the way the film's made, a haunting and dreamlike atmosphere that's also quite elite. Yeah. And it's like, is this real? Is it not real? I'm sold. You do that to me in a movie. I'm like, ah, love it. Um, but then also it's like a rabbit hole. It's like a deep conspiracy that keeps yeah. going down. And you don't know what is going on, but it's up to you what you take out of it. It's like this two-night odyssey, I guess, on the streets. Yeah. And you're like, oh, you probably shouldn't go there. But then you're like, oh, I can't wait to see what happens next. Like the first time I watched it, like it was two and a half hours. I was glued to the screen, didn't look away. I was like... So my heart was pounding. I was yeah. like, what is going to happen now? Yeah. It really gets you in. Yeah. And it's, it, you, you don't know because what, what there's all these taboo subjects that have sparked controversy that are featured within the film, but each scene has symbolism and metaphors and yeah. cues that, that make you feel a sense of deja vu. But you're like, have we been here before? Is this real? Yeah. What, what, what What's actually going on here? There's a scene involving um, the... Uh, Tom Cruise is confronted by someone in a big group. Oh. And th- when that happened, I was like holding my breath. I was like, bro. Yeah. Like, this was nuts. Like, yeah. The second, like it starts off, even with them as a married couple, like it feels genuine. You're like. And that piano break. Dun, 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 oh. dun, dun, dun. <laughs> terrifying. Dun, dun, terrifying. Dun, dun. You don't know, like this is, is Kubrick's. I've only seen three Kubricks. This is my favorite. I agree. I agree. I, oh, you agree. Well, this the is fact new. I send that in, instinctively, maybe it might be better than The Shining, but okay. I'll have to rewatch Shining. Maybe yeah. put it on pause for now. All right. But I'd just like to share one of my favorite quotes as well. The important thing is we're awake now, and hopefully for a long time to come. Because he thinks he was dreaming, but he doesn't know, and he's kind of got that uncertainty. And his wife then says. No dream is ever just a dream. So it's like, oh, I don't know. It's kind of, see, After Hours is kind of like this. Mm. But After Hours is more funny. Yes, this is not This funny. is similar to After Hours. I love the, the last line of the film is so funny. It's like, it's only one thing left for us to do. What? Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Directed by Shelly Gurek. <laughs> <laughs> you know that like Tchaikovsky waltz? That, that, that. Yeah. Dun, dun, yeah, dun, yeah. dun. And that, I think that played dun, over the credits. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> so, yes, this is a fantastic film, and I can't wait to hear you talk about it a bit more later. In oh, the I don't know what else to say, really. That, but, that's all right. Um, so, that'll be my really number seven there. All right, my number seven is Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Oh, yes. Nice. Jesse's newfound appreciation for I mean, this it's film. Not, still not as good as Aura of the Phoenix, but I love it. So, okay, yeah. okay. All right, moving on to my number six is my entry into the Martin Scorsese nice. era. What I have The Departed. Low. <laughs> Wait, you, what, when did you watch this? When did I watch Am it? Am I an idiot? When did you watch did this? Did you film? not know I'd seen it? No. What? Wait, when did you watch it? I saw it on the also, 9th of also November. fucking low, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> you did like my review, but that's okay. When did you watch it? 9th of November, 2023. I must have known you watched it. Yeah. Deported. The Departed. The uh, My review Not for quite. it was, my mum, what you watching? I can hear all the swearing from out here. Me slipping into a Boston accent. 
the departed. It's a departed. <laughs> it's a really gritty crime thriller that I absolutely love. Everything about it feels so real. So good. It's just incredible. This feels like right. hands down best crime film of all time. Calling it. I think you better might than be the on... God, better than Godfather. Oh yeah. Yeah, so much fun, bro. Yeah. Jack Nicholson in a bucket hat doing drug deals. That's fucking cinema right there. <laughs> Let's just rattle off this cast because if you are not familiar with this film, you will know the cast. You've got Leonardo DiCaprio, Matt Damon, Jack Nicholson, and his bucket hat. Marky Mark. What? No. Robert. Yeah, so when he was like, um, Alec Baldwin was like, "Hey, how are you? Tired from fucking my wife." Oh like, right, yeah, I don't tired of fucking your wife. Uh, how's your mother? You're just tired from fucking my father. <laughs> He was actually he was fantastic in this. No, no. Uh, Vera Farmiga, Martin Sheen, Ray Winston, Alec Baldwin. Um, Who else in there that we know? Ray Fulker Winston. Oh, there you go. I didn't know that Robert Wahlberg was in this as well. Yeah, he's a brother. It's so much fun. Leo as the cop, undercover in the mafia. Matt Damon as the gangster, undercover in the in the PD. So good. It just works. So good. Do you know when I watched this, I actually struggled to realise what was going on at first. Yeah. I was a bit tired, so I was like, hang on, isn't he meant to be in the police force? I was like, oh, no, that's DiCaprio. Sorry. Yeah, like, they, they look quite similar. Yeah, which works really well the for the duality. Hits, bro. Yeah. Once, like, they, see, I knew a minor spoiler, but I forgot about it, and then I was still so surprised. Involving an elevator, you know? Oh, oh, yeah. I was like, whoa. Yeah. Crap. It just it, it ends hard really. Well. I just this film is no it's in my top ten of all time. I moved good it up. Call, it's Jesse. so good. Good it's call. So, the poor dude. I'd love to rewatch this again, knowing everything that I do and really being able to have a grasp this is, this over is the narrative. If we ever did a list spoiling it, this is the best film that's ever won Best Picture. I want to say. Ooh. Oh. Departed. Oh, oh, let me consult and come back to you. I need to get my notes. For you, it's probably Titanic or something. But... Oh, no, it'll be Titanic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Titanic is a five star. I can't deny that. Nice. Um, but I really love... Is this the kind of intense cat and mouse that you're talking about in Heat? No. It's the, a bit different? Heat, this is more lighthearted than Heat. Oh, my gosh. This okay. isn't very... This is pretty lighthearted. Okay. It's, it's, it's mainly it. just they're trying to track each other down, but yeah, they don't Yeah, it's know pretty why. fun. He's playing like he's playing like the Rolling Stones, like yeah, just the Give me shoulders playing. So good. It just Martin Scorsese as a filmmaker, very polished. Very you know polished. The scene film. where um, Leo and Jack are in the bar, and they're talking about he's like interrogating him, and he pulls out a gun. Yeah, he, uh, it's unscripted. That's just Jack Nicholson, and the Leo's fear. That's real. It's like. Wait, so did he walk onto set with a gun? No, it's or? not a real gun. But oh, but... He, he, he it was just like grabbed a gun from props, yeah. pulled it out of the scene. Leo yeah. Like, <laughs> when Jack Nicholson points a gun at you, yeah. just shut, sit there and shut up and look yeah. scared for your life. Um, but I um, think it's a crime that Jack Nicholson and Martin Scorsese didn't work together more. Yes, I agree. And they weren't now because he's retired. I think his last film was, I don't know. Oh. Could have been this. Let me look it up. I'm not sure. Was it was it retired in 2010, so it was close. Awesome. But damn, the departed is so good. <laughs> I'm really glad you got me to watch this film, actually, Jesse, because this is one you've been recommending me for a while. And yeah. I thought I printed out a Scorsese list. I thought, what do I want to watch? The departed. Best. This is the best. Was it? Oh yeah. Um, his last film was How Do You Know in 2010, starring um, Jack Nicholson, Reese Witherspoon, Paul Rudd, and Owen Wilson. Okay. Yeah, I'm cool. not very familiar about that film, but no, that's all right. Um, so, and it is two and a half hours, but flies by. Flies by. Flies by. Flies by. And it's so many layers that you want to keep. It, it never. It never takes us foot off the gas. No. no. The whole time. So good. So, so good. Absolutely love it, and I can't. I can't wait to rewatch it because nice. it's good, good fun. Departed. The departed. Departed. <laughs> oh, and my favorite Vera Farmiga. Love her. Oh yeah, she's, she's brilliant. She's, she's brilliant in this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. All right. My number six is a film by Mr. Alfred Hitchcock. Have you seen a Hitchcock film? I've seen two, mate. What? Get out of here. All right. What have you got for me? Guess what? Before I tell you the title, 81 Minutes. Oh, refreshing. It came in 1948. It's a one-shot film called Rope. Oh, you've told me about Rope. Have I I told you about Rope? I think you've told... Starring Jimmy Stewart, who was a big name. He was in Rear Window and some other crap. As well as John Doyle, Farley Granger, and a couple other cats. Shout out Douglas Dick. <laughs> Just a fun name. Dick. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, so, I shouldn't make fun of someone's name. Two men 
three, there's three men in a room. Two of the men kill the other guy. Chuck him in a box. Oh. It's like a centerpiece of the room. Okay. Then they have a dinner party. And the whole time you're wondering, is someone going to find this dead body in the box? <laughs> That's it. Yeah. I and Jimmy it. Stewart's there. And he's a, de- he's a detective off at like off he's not working the moment but he uh-huh. is a detective yeah and like will he figure it out and it's so suspenseful and considering it's 48 it's pretty incredible how the camera work like obviously he just like he pans into people's backs and then comes out again so you can tell in the cut but it's not it's the 40s like it, it's pretty suspenseful considering it's so old and i well, it takes it. such a simple premise, Jesse. Yeah, it's this like, it, anticipation. You can never ending, curb anticipation. The ending's awesome. The ending's not what I expected, but awesome. I don't know. There's not much else to say because it's not much of a plot. It's just a dinner party. But you know it's what? just like, it's just great. Just you watch it. You can't shake a feeling, Jesse. You can always feel stuff. Yeah. And if you're feeling this t- intensity and anticipation, yep. then you, it'll get you through no matter how many times it's you watch it. Real. So, yeah, rope, rope is just awesome. Yeah, I remember that's that's. I remember All when you watched that. I think it's really gay, so I need to rewatch it. I think. Oh. Because apparently the two guys who killed the guy are in love, which is cool. Is but it I subtext? Need to re-watch is it? Because I didn't get that on the oh, first one. Okay. okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, rope. Very good choice. Good film. Good. I don't mind Warner Brothers, even though yeah, they're pretty good, aren't they? They <laughs> do some <laughs> shitty stuff with their DC, and you know, like they have issues with their staff and yeah, HBO yeah. Max, which is now just by. The movies are good. The yeah, the, the, the movies do rip. They do rip. Now, my number five is being supported by a whole bunch of Batman films, but I've decided to pick this film because I think it best represents Warner Brothers. I'm talking about The Dark Knight. Oh, yeah. So I'm also, in sense, talking about uh, the Batman, the Joker film, a um, couple of the good DCs like Wonder Woman and Zack Snyder Justice League as well, but... This film really is is a film. It's it's a proper cinema, as Martin Scorsese likes it's to like call it. It's like Harry Styles. What I like about this movie <laughs> is that it really feels like a movie. Oh, shit. I've done that. I gave him so much crap for that. And now I've actually fallen into that trap myself. Um, <laughs> but it does. It's a feeling you get. This feels like a... It's a cinematic experience, whether you watch it at cinema or at home. Um, Nolan is a filmmaker Big loss for Warner Brothers Now he's gone to Universal Nolan is a filmmaker <laughs> Nolan as a filmmaker Oh sorry I said Nolan is a filmmaker Hey Don't keep bagging me out Jesse <laughs> um, Who is he with now? Universal, Universal. Yeah. Bro come to A24 That would be That would be really interesting Bro A24 Nolan James Bond film Starring Aaron Taylor Johnson Like they can do it Hell just, just do it yeah. Just do it Give it to us yeah. We want it um, So this film You should know the Dark Knight, if you're a listener of our audience. I think we've both talked about it on multiple occasions. Yes. Um, Christian Bale, Heath Ledger. Well, box office blowouts. <laughs> box office blowout. Great, great title. <laughs> um, Michael Caine, Gary Oldman. Caine. Maggie Gyllenhaal. And... Christian Bale. Yeah, I said Christian Bale. Oh, Christian sorry. Bale. And um, um, Michael Jai White as well, who... And Killian Murphy, of course. I forgot he was in this. Killian um, Murphy. But this film is a great psychological study of moral complexity. And... Characters have different motives and motivations, and it unpacks that. And is Batman a hero? Is Joker the villain? Or is one protagonist an antagonist? Uh, what does being a hero mean in Gotham? What is the Joker representing? Um, the action supports this really well, and the dichotomy between Batman and Joker is like two sides of a coin. It's just absolutely fascinating. And this feels like the most realistic film for Batman to exist. Maybe aside from the Batman, but the city flooded. Well, the what it's so good about it is you can take Batman out and put a random detective in, and it's still just as good. Yeah, absolutely. It's really good. This would be on my list if it wasn't for my boycotting DC. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going to make up for that. For it's, us great. Both, Jesse. it's great. It's great. It's <laughs> great. So with the weight of now Jesse and I behind this film, yeah. my number five is The Dark Knight. Do you for a rewatch? Do you for a rewatch? Well, my number five is Eyes Wide Shut. Uh, didn't really have much else to say. So Okay, that's all right. On to you. My number four is Barbie. I'm going to keep it short and sweet. I really love this film. It's production value. It's direction. Script, I've seen it nearly five times now. The script is waning on me. Do you want to watch it again? It's coming out in cinemas again. No, please. I want to go. <laughs> might go because I only seen it once. You should go. I'll go. Um, but it's just... It's everything I wasn't expecting it to be. It's just Ken. 
it's just Kim. <laughs> See, that's like, okay, let's, uh, I will, okay. Do you want to talk about the Oscar thing? Let's do it. See, here's my th- analysis of what might have happened. Okay. Like, Gosling's got to go in. For a bit of for a bit of context, in case for people who aren't familiar with the Oscars, uh, Margot Robbie and director Greta Gerwig were not nominated at not. all for the Oscar, but Ryan Gosling was for Ken. Yeah, and I was like, all right, they were, this is what I think the Oscars thing. It's not what I think. All right, it looks bad if we just nominate Ryan Gosling because he's a dude. So let's nominate America Ferrera as well. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, here's the here's the thought: don't nominate any of the actors, and just nominate Greta Gerwig. But then I was thinking again, you know what was a bigger snub than Greta Gerwig? What? Celine Song. Past Lives. Did she not get nominated? No. Oh, so yeah. So I don't think I would nominate all, any four of them, really. I would have taken the actors out, put the May December guys in. Oh, yeah. I was going to say that. And then put Celine Song in instead of like, I don't know, freaking <laughs> Jonathan Glazer. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So I think... Barbara should have been recognized more mm. but it's going to win costumes and production design like it's going to take this away from poor things and essentially that is the essence of that film yeah That's it's going to win it. stuff yeah. not everyone can win yeah um, Margot's just won the actor trailblazer award they, they as well they should have nominated Gosling no. Like, I, I don't think they should nominate Margot Robbie anyway, but they should have nominated the other two. So, that's, yeah, you can't, well, that's you kind can't of where do I stand one. On yeah. yeah. What about you? What do you. I pretty much agree. However, I'm kind of on the more, um, if you're going to do this, why not this kind of thing. So, I, I completely agree with what you said. None of them really should be nominated. But if you're going to do Ryan Gosling, you, have, you have to, to do you have Margo, to Margo. I agree. You know, it's like the whole point of the film is about finding that balance between. Being, you know, yeah. not just put it being put in the box of a gender or who you are. It's yeah. like recognizing everything. In, in terms of direction, I, 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 you can't really fit Gerwig in. Like all of her has been nominated for Best Picture. Sorry, <laughs> she was nominated for a first film for Best Director for Lady Bird. Like that's pretty good. Like. Yeah, and Little Women. No, not for Little. Oh, Women. Oh, what? No, oh. she should have been for Little Women. Okay. But, um, yeah, so I think that yes, she could have been nominated. Other people like Celine Song, uh, Alexander Payne even. What about Todd Haynes? Todd Haynes, oh, Todd Haynes is better than Alexander Payne, yeah. for an example. Yeah. Yeah. Other people that could have got uh, a go. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, I agree. And I think Barbie's one of those films that society's making up for in terms of what the Academy's lacking. Yeah. And I think that's what the Academy's betting on. Yeah. Because it's one of those films that I encourage absolutely everyone to watch. My bubba, she was completely mixed on this film. And so was my mum. But I really liked it and we had a really nice conversation about it. And yeah, no. that's what I got out of it, you know? Just watch and, it. And I think it's it's an essential film to watch, which is why for I sure. have to think for it's sure. so good because it tackles so many good issues. So, yep. yeah, that's my number four, Barbie. Nice. Um, all right, my number four, speaking of Oscars, um, this is, see, it's a real shame that Bradley Cooper made Maestro because I want him to win an Oscar. <laughs> you just don't think But you. Maestro wasn't very good. <laughs> In your However, opinion, Jesse. <laughs> another one of his films that was very good that he was snubbed for in the acting or directing categories. I don't know. Anyway, it won no Oscars because some has been f- overrated piece of scum, Rami Malek. Played F- Freddie Mercury in a film. <laughs> and they're like, well, that's a real person. Let's give him the win. <laughs> Instead of awarding Bradley Cooper an Oscar for what he should have rightly won for, the film A Star Is Born. Oh, tell Which me about it, Jesse. Why is this such tell a good film? Tell me So, A Star Is Born, Brother Cuba, directorial debut, starring him, Lady Gaga, Sam Elliott, Anthony Ramos, Alec Baldwin as himself, and Dave Chappelle. <laughs> For <laughs> Quite some the ensemble reason. there. <laughs> uh, Brother Cuba is a seasoned musician, Jackson Maine, country slash pop. Um... He meets this girl, Ali, who's like a struggling artist. And they have their like little meet cute at a club where she's performing. And then they, he brings her to his concert. And then he has this scene where there was a song they were kind of riffing together. He just starts singing the song. He's like, you're going to sing the song with me? He's like, no, no, no way. That's crazy. All right, I'm going to do it anyway. And then he starts, singing, he starts singing Shallow. And then he sings the first verse. And then she's like, oh, screw it. Carl, come on belts it out it is one of the greatest film scenes of all time just trust me like wow. them singing shallow it's 
amazing. Was Shallow original composition? Yeah, for the it film? won best song. It's the only Oscar it won best oh, song. It should it should have won, yeah. but it should have won more things. And then it's just like a tr- romance um, drama of their lives as musicians, and then has a tragic ending that I won't spoil if you haven't seen the original or this one. But it's such a beautiful movie, very heartfelt. Um, I love music about, about music. It's really like it's awesome. Like yeah, I, I good music performances in movies are just the best. You would love Amadeus then. Okay, I think you would. Brilliant, it's all about that brilliant sound. acting from Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga is a hell of an actor for a singer, and Bradley Cooper is a hell of a singer for an actor. Like he learned to play guitar for this. What a commitment! He sang. He wrote it. He directed it. Very impressive. This film should have won probably Best Picture, 2018 Oscars. It's in my top three that year. Should have won actor, director, actor. Yeah, it was robbed by Bohemian Rhapsody. Hey, now, do you think Bohemian Rhapsody is a good film? No. (laughs) I haven't seen it, so I can't comment with that. But I think ultimately it comes down to what the Academy's feeling. But even then, it's like, who knows? They're wrong, but Star is Born is so freaking good. So it's on number four. Please watch it. Okay. Good choice, Jesse. My number three is a film I talk about too much, so I'm going to give you like the... The Cliff Notes version. Talking about Nancy Myers, The Intern. Uh, okay. One of my favourite films. We're delving into my faves now. Um, it's just so feel good. It's always on TV, which makes me really happy because... TV. I always, someone in my family goes, Joel, The Intern's on. I go, oh, yeah. yes, Trots I'm in. Um, it's only two hours. It's, it's fun. Nice. Robert De Niro is playing someone a bit different. Uh, this time, he, he, and his character is I think a great example of being the difference between being a man and being a gentleman. Mm. Like, I think it's great to explore that. And he's very different to other guys. He's not like other guys. He's not like other guys. Um, but I think that's a really good example that he brings. And usually he play, he's, he's not like his other characters that he plays mm-hmm. either. He's very heartwarming and loving and yep. supportive. So... I think it's just such a feel-good and it's so refreshing to have uh, almost like a rom-com, but it's not. It's just like a friend-com, hmm. platonic-com, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's just nice that people can have a friendship even if they're different genders or different ages yeah. or whatever. And I, sure. it's such a feel-good. It makes me feel good. And I'm really glad that Warner Bros. made this film because oh, it, nice. it's, it's, it's just such a fun one that always gets me in. So rewatchable every time. Yeah. Good on you, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. It's a good film. <laughs> yeah. All right, my number three. Here we go. You've waited for this conversation for a long time. We're going to whip it out. My number three, Tim Burton's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, a bit too high there. Do your worst, Joel. This film is perfect. Perfect. Top I 10. swear you get more positive about this film every time. I think it's my 11th favorite movie. Oh, my gosh. Look, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is my favorite book. First book I ever read. Yeah. Watched Willy Wonka Chocolate Factory. Liked it. Watched Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I was like, that's it. That's the book. <laughs> that is my favorite book on the screen. And they kill it. And there's nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong? No. What about the stuff with Wonka and his dad? It's great. Is that relevant? Yeah. What about... Was it in the book? No. Okay. <laughs> That's not necessarily relevant. That's relevant. Is it? The ending pays off so much. Well, he's like, I must find the hair. <laughs> because the only way he understands why Charlie wants to be with his family is by being with his family. Because Charlie, te- Charlie teaches him way more than he teaches Charlie. That's oh. what it's about. Charlie's the mentor and he's the, like the guy who's learning. He's essentially a kid because he had to leave home yeah. young, right? So he never He's really basically a kid. And whereas Charlie's had to... Whereas Charlie is more of an adult than he is because he had so much responsibility oh, as being yeah. a poor family. Good analysis, Jesse. It's really good, bro. The songs slap. The Oompa Loompas hit, bro. Yeah. All the kids are great. The parents are very funny. Um, okay, I will admit some of the acting is okay. Some of the three of the kids I think are better in the original, which is probably the two girls and Mike. Yeah. Um, but all the parents are better in this one. I think <laughs> the this the it's, it's no they didn't see CGI. The only CGI part is the tunnel. Like really, they, they everything else is a is a set. A Even when they um, when they first enter the factory and they're walking down and and um, that's yeah they made that. Really? The only VFX thing is the, the going down the river on the sugar boat. Wow. I watched the documentary. <laughs> and, and probably the f- flying elevator as well. Oh, yeah. Sorry. End. But yeah. yeah, but they built that still. 
Oh yeah. Okay. And they built they built the chocolate room. They build the rooms. That's incredible. I didn't you get realize to see more of the product. factory. Uh, it doesn't just leave you at the end where Willy Wonka leaves you at the end. There's so many f- f- things that are wrong with that film. Oh my gosh. This is Willy Wonka. Johnny, Johnny Depp, that's that's Willy Wonka. That's that's who he is. That's your Willy Wonka. He's weird. <laughs> he's awkward. He's antisocial. He doesn't know how to talk to kids. Good morning, Starshine. The, the Earth, Earth says, says hello. hello. So many quotable lines. It's so fun. I just, I get, never get sick of this movie. I just love it so much. That was beautifully well put. I have to disagree with one thing. I think Veruca's dad is funnier in the original. No, dude, him like getting turned on by Violet's mom in this one. He just like gives her side eyes. <laughs> and it's like, so funny. I forgot about this. He's more quiet in this one, isn't he? And I like Mike. Because Veruca's dad Mike's in the original kind of speaks like this. And he's kind of like, oh, you want one car? Like, you know. Yeah. What business are you in? So nuts. <laughs> It's too. I don't know, the first one is too adult. It's like fifty minutes of like business and stocks. <laughs> then you get in the factory. But this one, it's like it's so silly from the beginning. It's so. Do you think they should make a second film with this cast and crew for the Glass Elevator, or do you think it stands? Isn't Taika doing that? Oh. I'm pretty sure Taika Waititi is making a Glass Elevator movie. Oh my god. Um, same cast, no, just recasting. Okay, it's fine. okay. But the cast are brilliant. The, the kids are brilliant. Anna Sophia Robb is Violet. She's got a bit of a career now. Which is good for her. The other kids don't, apart from Freddie Highmore, obviously. He's yeah, a good doctor. Good doctor. Um, but p- parents are great. Um, the mum of... Um, Helena Bonham Carter is the mum. No, 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 no. Um, oh, is it... Um, Violet? Violet. Missy, Missy Pyle. Yeah, I see her so much. I go, that's... Um, I did the yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio the The DiCaprio thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, oh, it's so good. It's <laughs> so good. One of my favourite opening credit sequences of all time. My favourite... Danny Elfman's score. Even when it's less bombastic, you have the... It's like so ambient. Oh, so good. And then so many quotable lines. I'm like, what's another good one? You're quite short, aren't you? Yeah, we're children. That's no excuse. I was never that short. Look at your short little arms. You could never reach. Everything in this room is edible. Even I'm edible, but that's cannibalism. And is often frowned upon in most societies. <laughs> I do have to... Maybe I'm a bit too harsh on this one. I will rewatch it that's for so Easter. Good. Because I think that... I, I I very much valued the fact that... This is, um, this is like my childhood as a film. Yeah. And I value the fact that you think it's very accurate to the book. Because one of my favourite... <laughs> Films is Doctor Sleep, which has been nominated. I'm uh, not nominated. Adapted from a yeah. book, and it's so accurate, and that's what I appreciate. So I definitely do. I want to highlight three funny reviews I found. One of them is five golden tickets are distributed all over the world for five white kids to win. <laughs> um, another review which I thought was good. Someone on Twitter pointed out that this is literally just soul, but with no blood, and dragging a kids movie. And ever since I read that, my life has never known peace. <laughs> it's kind of like Saw. It's a slash. <laughs> it's literally a slasher film with no blood. The kids just get picked off one by one. And another one, Mike TV definitely grew up to be a Twitch streamer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. It's so Bruce, Mike TV is so funny. <laughs> and the Oompa songs are taken from the original book. Are they? Yeah, Roald okay. wrote those bars in the 60s. Oh, damn, he has music. Yeah, bro. I just found another quote quickly. Grandpa Joe, Mr. Wonka, I don't know if you remember me, but I used to work here in the factory. Willy Wonka, were you one of those despicable spies who every day tried to steal my life's work and sell it to those parasitic copycat candy-making cats? No, sir. They're wonderful. Welcome back. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Bravo. Bro, shouldn't you be up there? Well, I couldn't see the show from there. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so, and then yeah. when Violet's becoming a blueberry and he just like ducks he just like ducks <laughs> it's freaking oh. I want to watch this after a few beverages we should watch this tomorrow Jesse yeah, uh, let's do it I'm changing my picture this movie yeah, it's so yeah, yeah. good I'm, I'm ha- Jesse's making me have a good time just it's talking so about it it's so, just so good so, it's so to be fair good. I often think I don't like it more than I do but I still give it four out of five. So I still really, really enjoy it. It's just because I give the original four and a half, it feels less. And Jesse and I will have had debates about this for four years. I remember yeah. Jesse <laughs> when we first started um, talking well, about movies I know, together. I know it's far from perfect, but it's just, oh, it just, it's just, it means a lot to me. Okay. No, fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Good, good choice, Jesse. 
My number two is another Christopher Nolan film and the last Christopher Nolan film, but I couldn't not put this film on because yeah. if I put Dark Knight... It's, it's from my number 11 or 12. I know what you're talking okay. about. Yeah. Inception. Yeah. It's, it's very close to oh, this. This film is... This is the definition of film craft making. Yeah. Craft filmmaking, other way around. <laughs> um, it's just... It's a heist... So it's very well planned. Time heist. Time heist. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, Whoa. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio is really r- likable and relatable in this film. And you're kind of like, well, uh, okay. I would say he's likable. I don't think he's, he's that He's kind of cool. Tom Hardy's more likable. Oh, yeah, Tom Hardy. Names. <laughs> <laughs> and Joseph Gordon-Levitt is probably the most likable yeah. one for me out of the three. He's just... The, Elliot some, Page is great. Elliot um, Page. Ross and Ken Watanabe is great. Killian Murphy's great. Poor Killian Murphy, man. Yeah, he's been... Bro, men, men got invaded. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. The, the, the dreams of like... Like, I find that fascinating. Anything about dreams, we all have dreams. And we can all I don't all need to rewatch to. this. I watch this in a very noisy, bright environment in my home. Okay. I'm give it another chance. Give it another go. Yeah. Give it another go. Um, also, next time you're over at my place, we can pop it on the surround sound too. And all enjoy right. that well, Hans, well, let's do that. Hans, Hans Zimmer <laughs> score. Um, it's just such a great film. The visuals that Nolan conceptualizes with the the, the dreamscape. Inceptualizes, but um, it's not bad. It was alright. Doesn't warrant the soundboard. I think no. Jesse. Um, but it's got a plot. What is <laughs> with this apology sound effect? <laughs> alright, let's go. Alright, we're gonna get moving. Um, and I just think it. It feels like a dream. You get is yeah. that film real? Like it was like, but it has such a strong narrative that acts as an anchor, and you will never forget it. And that ending, you never know. Was he dreaming or was he not dreaming? I think. What do you think of the ending? I think, as someone who's conducted extensive studies of these type of films for his short story two years ago, <laughs> yeah. I think that for him, he doesn't care. Yeah, exactly. I think he is, but he doesn't care. Yeah, because he's decided that the reality that he wants to live in. Is a reality with that his kids, with his kids, with and, the fellas. Yeah, and uh, did we see their faces at the end? No, because I think when we did see their faces, it was real because it was a flashback. But when it's not seeing their faces, it's like like in dreams when you kind of see yeah. things in flashes and stuff. But yeah, it is a very intellectual movie, Inception. But if you can sit down, get comfortable, seat it in a, an appropriate environment IMAX your home cinema whatever oh yeah if it comes back in IMAX I'll, I'll go that, watch it oh yeah yeah let me know yeah. keep me updated but my number two is Inception I think this yeah, is they keep freaking Interstellar why get that shit out of there why do people like Interstellar oh, so off. much do you know what it sucks the amount of people I meet at work and at uni say, are they, uh, we talk about films and I say what's your favourite film and they go oh I don't mind Interstellar they're, they're telling me nothing about you <laughs> that's like saying your favourite food is vanilla ice cream <laughs> It's just such a generic pick. I don't get why it's so good. No. If you want the good visuals of Nolan, I might, I might watch give it, I might give it two stars, you know. I might drop it down more. Really? It, right. It's 40 minutes of good good filmmaking and then it's like two hours of like fucking bullshit. <laughs> like, oh, you never, you never know this could happen. Like, shut up. <laughs> if you want the dream sequence of Nolan, watch Inception. If yeah. you want a mystery, watch Memento. If you want space stuff, then watch, I don't know. Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Or um, what's another good space 2001 movie? Space Odyssey? Oh, I guess so. We haven't mm-hmm. seen it. Though, but but. I'll shout it out. All right. Well, my number two is a deployed, so it's back to you. Okay, I'll do my 10 to 2, and then I'll drop my number one on you. What is your number one? You'll know as soon as I say it. Okay. Number well, 10. Man, yes, I will know as soon as you say it. That's probably true. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know. Number 10, The Goonies. Number 9, Ready Player One. Number 8, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Number 7, Eyes Wide Shut. Number 6, The Departed. Number 5 <laughs> is The Dark Knight. Number 4, Barbie. Number 3, The Intern. Number 2, Inception. And my number 1, and will be for a very long time, is Dr. Sleep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This film has such a profound impact on me. Yeah. It is really... Um, it's one of those... Ex- it was my first adult kind of edgy a teen novel that I read. Okay. Usually I was just getting recommended stuff from Have the premiere's reading then? challenge. <laughs> yes, Time Traveler's Wife has okay. some raunchy sex scenes in there. That you <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, my list. But this film, I, I admire every aspect of filmmaking and that's why I think it's a perfect film for me. Performances and the ensemble cast, excellent. K 
cannot fault Ewan McGregor, Rebecca Ferguson, Kylie Caron, Cliff, uh, Cliff Curtis. Um, Mike Flanagan, as a filmmaker, I really love his style. Have you seen Hill House? Haunting Hill House? I've seen some of it, but mm. I have seen Bly Manor, the pro- other one that I he's think done. Hill House is like the good one, apparently. Yeah. I did like Bly Manor, but Bly Manor is more of a gothic romance okay. horror kind of. Did another so. Stephen King, I'm pretty sure. Gerald's Game? Yes, Gerald's mistaken. Game. And um, he's, got he's some also legs. done the Oeji... Origin of Evil. Yeah, he's got some legs. Yeah. yeah. I really like his approach to horror. I think that it's a realistic approach that is solidified in the real world and uses things like dreams and conspiracies to really... And the horror in what you can't see is what I find really interesting. So that's great. And like I said, one of my favourite film to book... Adapt- it is my favourite book to film adaptation that I've yeah. seen. Every detail up to the final act when they go back to the Overlook, is exactly the same from the book. Uh, in the book, though, they go back to the campground where the hotel used to be and all the ghosts are kind of just like floating around on the grass. But because the Shining film didn't burn down the hotel, they can actually go back to the hotel when it's mouldy. And yeah. and I think that's actually better than yeah. the book. I think it's better Yeah, visually. Stephen King can't do endings, let's be real. No, 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 no. Yeah. And Mike Flanagan ties it all together by using the end of The Shining to make a better end of the story for Dr. Sleep by burning down all the evil in the Overlook and letting Danny let let go of yeah. his trauma that's happened there. So that's yeah, why I, I really love Dr. Sleep. Nice. One of my it, favourite films good. ever. It is good, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And love Beck, Beck, Beck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Rose the Hat. All right, 10 through 2. Number 10, Hoot. Number 9, Zodiac. Number 8, After Hours. Number 7, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Number 6, Rope. Number 5, Eyes Wide Shut. Number four, A Star is Born. Number three, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Number two, The Departed. And my number one is also my favourite book to film adaptation, The Green Mile. You know what? Yeah. My bubba wanted me to pass on to you how shocked she was that Green Mile is one of your favourite films. Yeah. She loves that it's one I of your favourite. I love Green favorite. Mile. I've only seen it once. Okay. I didn't rewatch it. But man, this, yeah, it really, it really impacted me. I, uh, yeah. Remind me of this one. I know it's got so, Tom Hanks. Yeah, so quite Tom long. Hanks. Uh, works at a death row camp at a southern prison. Mm-hmm. Um, and he meets this patient named John Coffey. He's like a gentle giant. And he finds out... So Tom Hanks is like prostate cancer. So John... And he has his like... And because John Coffey has his like abilities, he like fixes... He like touches... He like, he like gropes him for a second, but it's fine because he heals him. Okay. And then Tom Hanks is like, okay... And we'll keep an eye on you. And he recognizes the gift. And then he realizes that John Covey is innocent. So, and he's just being framed because it's Southern, he's a large African American man. Mm. And so he's trying to um, st- starve off the condemned man's execution because he's going to die. He's on death row. He's trying to fix that. Right. It's, it's three hours, 10 minutes. Just so you know. But Frank Darabont, who did Shawshank, yep. The Mist. I think this is his best film. Definitely. I Even better than Shawshank yeah, Redemption? Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Even though it's Stephen King, sent to prison, Frank Darabont, I think this is better. It's so emotional, so impactful, so powerful. One of those inspiring, just guys like working together to try and just just try and get some justice. You know, Michael Clark Duncan should have won the Oscar. Who, so, who won it? Do you know who won it? Instead? I don't know, okay. but... It must. Um, what year did it come out? Ninety nine, which was a good year, because you yeah. had Fight Club, American Beauty, Ten Things. Was this for best film or was it best supporting actor? actor. Who won best supporting actor? To nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. Right, let's have a look. Michael Caine for his role in The Cider House Rules. No wait. No, so good ninety eight because ninety eight. Oh. It was the ninety. That's right. It's always a year. Yeah. Oh, no. That might be right. In 2000. In 2000. Yeah. It was 2000. Benicio Del Toro for his role in Traffic. Traffic. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it was Michael Caine. Anyway. um, Yeah. I think Michael Duncan deserved it. It's super powerful. The ending is like, damn, like super tragic, super sad. How's but the it's score? the perfect ending. Does the score, is the score it's a good, yeah, It's a good score. Okay. I can't remember too much of it. But okay. considering three hours 10 and I was invested the whole time. Yeah. It's pretty impressive. I know. I just, it just fascinated me. Like, 
when you're on death row, like what, what, how people react to that and just what do they do and how you could live, how you could work there all the time. It's wow. pretty crazy. Isn't that fascinating? That, yeah. It's uh, really fascinating. Oh, no, sorry. I nearly spoiled myself. Oh, Joel. Uh, sh- no, i got to close this. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, that's great though, that truly, we both have. Truly, my favorite Tom Hanks film, truly excellent. And that's a Stephen King adaptation as well. So yeah. we both have Stephen King adaptations as our favorite Warner Brothers film. So clearly Warner Brothers And it's interesting back. because the other characters are these murderers and you get to really care about them. That's clever. Which is really clever. And there's this prison guard named Percy, right? He's the most hateable character in any film. You freaking hate him so much. Yeah. You hate him more than the murderers. <laughs> Jeez, that's... Uh... Yeah. Uh, the Green Mile is so good. So good. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Jesse. That's a really good take. A surprising one. We wouldn't expect I know, yeah, that from you. You wouldn't think it was that much rate, but I loved it. But that's okay. That's right. That's what it's for. Warner Brothers is for entertaining for, us. Man. Warner Brothers. Well, have you got any honourable mentions, Um, The other... Harry Potter 1 and 5. Mm-hmm. Um, the DC ones in contention would be Suicide Squad, Lego Batman, and The Dark Knight, and then Inception. Okay. Yeah. yeah nice. And Mad Max Fury Road. Mad Max. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Okay. Road. All right. I'll, we, remind, we do need to watch that yeah, yeah, before yeah. We, we go back. Um, for me, I would probably say The Matrix. Oh, I yeah. quite enjoyed The Matrix. It was nearly on here. Um, the Lord of the Rings as well. Oh. What? I missed that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, crap. Yeah, Lord of the Rings. Which, all of them? Probably. Uh, Damn. Probably Two Towers I'd put in because that's my favourite. Two Towers is your favourite? <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> I know. I'd put Return of the King. Oh, Return of the King. I just completely missed that. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> that's annoying. Um, And you know what? Probably... See, I want to say like Batman vs Superman because I actually quite oh. enjoyed that. Oh, and of course, Polar Express. That's not of course. It is. That's not a given. Like, oh, and to smooth that over, the Scooby Doo James Gunn written ones. Oh yeah, nice. They're, they're nice, great. Nice, really nice, like nice, them. Nice. And Joker, of course. But I oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Joker's good. Can't believe you forgot Lord of the Rings, Jesse. Can't, well, I can't believe it. <laughs> I I nearly put it on, but I just thought. Yeah, you, you would have got me there because yeah. I would have got about the <laughs> That is okay. Well, Jesse, where can our audiences get in touch with so, us? So, if you head to our Instagram at BradMaxPod, there is a link to our link tree, which as Joel has coined it, contains our BradMax law. It links to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and no longer Google Podcasts. From the 2nd of April. So, if you April. want to be part of the chain of people using Google Podcasts, go and listen before yeah, then. That's a good community. <laughs> uh, links to Joel and mine's letterboxed accounts, as well as link to our Redbubble and our TikTok. And that's about it's, it. Merch? Redbubble? Yeah, Redbubble. Yeah, everything's in there. Yeah. And now, unfortunately, our awards are over. But we're going to try and, surely, we can try and incorporate some ways to some more voting in for something yes you know, maybe we could vote on these lists today mm. there's always a poll by the way on spotify if you ever want to vote for your favorite list yeah just might as well yeah do it it takes us a minute just do it just do it yeah what does the soundboard say just forget about it girl <laughs> no too late <laughs> <laughs> that's okay just who are you kidding <laughs> well you're one sandwich away from fat it's quite a matter <laughs> All right, well, thank you so much for joining us for our Top 10 Warner Brothers films. We can't wait to come to you with some more studio-ranked films, hopefully. Yes, I don't know hopefully. what's next, but we've got Blumhouse. some... Oh. Top two Blumhouse films. <laughs> Get out, we're plush, done. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe this new one, Hear No Evil or Speak No Evil or whatever it's called, with James McAvoy and Mackenzie Davis. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah, but we'll see. We'll see. Anyway, I've been Joel. I'm Jesse, and this has been The Soundboard. CSI KFC. We'll catch you next time. On the Brand X Podcast. Bye for now.